Chapter Fourteen of the Little Colonel's Christmas Vacation by Annie Fellows Johnston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Lars Rolander. Chapter Fourteen, Cinderella. Lloyd sat on the window seat of the stair landing, looking out on the bare February landscape. She was thinking of the poem she had learned three weeks before on the afternoon of miss sarah's visit and it made her dissatisfied when one was all a tingle as she had been with a high purpose to help ease the burden of the world and make undying music in it and when one longed to do big heroic deeds and had ambitions high enough to reach the stars it was hard to be content with the commonplace opportunities that came her way the things she had been doing seemed so paltry to carry a glass of jelly to the crisps a pot of pink hyacinths to miss marietta to write a letter for aunt cindy to sit for an hour with mrs bisbee these all were so trivial and pitifully small that she felt a sense of disgust with herself and her efforts yawning and swinging her foot she sat in the window seat several minutes longer then started aimlessly upstairs to her room in the upper hall the door leading into the attic stairway stood open and for no reason save that she had nothing else to do she began to mount the steps she had not been up in the attic since christmas week when she and rob had gone to finish his christmas hunt she stood looking around her an instant then moved by some unaccountable impulse drew out the chest containing the fancy dress costumes they had used in so many plays and tableaus one by one she shook them out and hung them over rob's headless hobby horse when she had finished examining them there were the velvet knickerbockers and blouse she had worn as little boy blue at the halloween party at the seminary there was betty's dresden shepherd's dress and the godmother's gown and the long trailing robe of the princess winsome even the little tall dress she had worn as the queen of hearts at ginger's valentine party years ago came out of the chest as she dived deeper into its contents and a star-spangled costume of red white and blue in which she had fluttered as the goddess of liberty one fourth of july slippers and buckles and plumes fans and gloves and artificial flowers were piled up all around her the hobby horse was hidden under a drapery of velvet and lace and silk still the chest held a number of old party gowns that had never been cut down to fit their childish revels as lloyd shook them out thinking of the gay scenes they had been part of the picture of agnes waring in her worn jacket and shabby shoes flashed across her mind followed by mrs bisbee's remark she's never had any of the pleasures that most girls have twenty-five years old and to my certain knowledge she's never had a beau or been to a big party or travelled farther than louisville lloyd pressed her lips together and stood staring at the old finery around her thinking hard a sudden vision had come to her of this modern cinderella and of herself as the fairy godmother 
her eyes shone and her cheeks grew pink as she stood pondering if she could only make an occasion it would be easy enough to provide the coach and the costume even the glass slippers there lay a pair of white satin ones beaded in tiny crystal beads that shone like dewdrops suppose she should play godmother and send agnes to a ball suppose the shy timid girl should look so fine in her fine feathers that people would stare at her and wonder who that beautiful creature was suppose a prince should be there who never would have noticed her but for the magic glass slippers and then suppose lloyd did not put the rest of the delightful daydream into words but just stood thinking about it a long time until her expression grew very sweet and tender over the little romance which she dreamed might grow out of her plan to give agnes pleasure if i only had thought of it in time to have had a valentine party she exclaimed aloud that would have been the very thing but it's too late now this is the seventeenth then she clasped her hands delightedly as that date suggested another it is five days till washington's birthday maybe there will be time to get up a martha washington affair i'll ask miss allison about it this very night at choir practice she always has so many new ideas tumbling the costumes back into the trunk helter-skelter she danced down the stairs impatient to tell her mother about it but there were guests in the library who had been invited to spend the afternoon and stay to dinner and lloyd had no opportunity to speak of the subject that was uppermost in her thoughts immediately after dinner she excused herself to slip into her red coat and furs while mom beck lighted the lantern they were to carry it was only short distance to the mallard place where the choir was to meet that week so they did not need alec's escort this time the wind flared their lantern as they went along the quiet country road they could see other lights bobbing along toward them and as they neared the gate lloyd recognized mrs walton's voice she and miss allison were coming up with their brother harry is that you lloyd called mrs walton as they drew nearer i hoped you would come early for i have a letter from the girls that i know you will want to read they are full of preparations for a grand affair to be given on the twenty-second a martha washington reception as usual kitty wants to depart from the accustomed order of things and have a costume in george's honour instead of martha's she says why not as long as it is his birthday she's painted a picture of the dress she has concocted for the occasion it is green tarlatan dotted all over with little silver paper hatchets and trimmed with garlands and bunches of artificial cherries oh i'm so glad you brought the picture with you to-night exclaimed lloyd and i'm wild to see the letter kitty always writes such funny ones and i'm glad i met you out here before the choir practice begins i want to ask you about a celebration i have been planning it's for agnes waring she explained catching step with them as they turned in at the gate so of course i can't talk about it 
before all the other people i happened to be looking over a chest of old costumes to-day thinking of all the fun we'd had in them when i remembered her and what mrs bisbee had told me about her never having good times like other girls she said she'd never had any attention and never been to a big party i thought i'd like to give her one on the twenty-second because i could offer her a costume then without hurting her feelings i was sure that you and miss allison could suggest something more than i had thought of i don't know exactly how to begin people will think it strange and agnes might too if i gave a party just for her when all her friends whom i would want to invite are so much older than i miss allison and her sister exchanged glances in the lantern light then mrs walton said hesitatingly why i don't know i'm sorry lloyd that we didn't know before we've already made plans which i'm afraid will interfere with yours the king's daughter's circle has arranged to have an oyster supper at my house on the afternoon and evening of the twenty-second most of the people you would want to ask will be busy there for everybody in the valley lends a hand at these entertainments they could not see the disappointment that shadowed lloyd's face as she listened to this announcement in silence but miss allison knew it was there and as they walked on up the path together she slipped her arm around lloyd's waist never mind dear she said you shall not have your beautiful plan spoiled by the old oyster supper we'll combine forces as agnes is member of the circle maybe you can bring about what you want more naturally and easily this way than in any other the girls who are to wait on the table are to powder their hair and wear white kerchiefs and martha washington caps but we had intended to ask you to take charge of the fancy work table as you have more time for getting up elaborate costumes we wanted to ask you to dress in as handsome a costume of that period as you could find we remember what lovely brocade gowns and quilted petticoats and old-fashioned folderols used to be laid away in your grandmother's attic that belonged to her grandmother if you like you may give your place to agnes and let her be the belle of the ball lloyd returned the pressure of the arm about her with an impulsive hug oh i knew you'd think of something perfectly lovely she cried that would be much the best way for she's so timid and quiet you couldn't keep her from being a wallflower at an ordinary party but this way she will have something to do and she'll have to talk when people come to buy things i wish it were not so long till to-morrow i want to tell her about it this minute usually the choir practice was a bore to lloyd she was one of the few members who sang by note and mrs walton the leader had to take them through the simple anthems over and over again until they caught the tune by ear lloyd knowing that her strong young voice was needed sang dutifully through the tiresome repetitions but sometimes she wanted to put her fingers in her ears to shut out the sound to-night she did not chaff inwardly at the false starts and the monotonous chant oh be thankful oh be thankful 
which had to be sung over numberless times in order that the bass and alto singers might learn to come in at the proper places with their responsive refrain she was so absorbed in thinking of the pleasure in store for agnes and imagining what she would say that she sang the three measures over and over unheeding how long the choir stuck there or uncaring how many times they seesawed up and down on the same tiresome notes the excitement began for agnes next day when lloyd delivered miss allison's invitation and bore her away in the carriage to search through the attic for a costume she had never been farther than the door at locust her journeys thither had been to carry home some finished garment but many an hour of patient sewing had been brightened by her sister's tales of the place both miss sarah and miss marietta remembered it affectionately for the sake of the woman who had welcomed them there on so many happy occasions in the past agnes thought she knew just how the interior of locust would look especially the stately old drawing-room with its portraits and candles its harp and the faint odour of rose leaves and really there was something familiar to her in its appearance as she caught a glimpse of it on her way upstairs to lloyd's room but she had never imagined such a dainty rose of a room as the pink and white bower lloyd led her into there might have been a throb of resentment that all such beauty and luxury had been left out of her life if there had been time for her to look around and compare it with her own scantily furnished room at home lloyd hurried over to the bed eager to display a gorgeous brocade gown of rose and silver laid out there which mrs sherman had brought down from the attic in her absence and from which mom beck had pressed all the wrinkles it is as good as new said lloyd i'm glad that mother wouldn't let us cut it up last year when we wanted to make it fit katie there are pink slippers to match but i hope you'd rather wear these they make me think of cinderella's glass ones and they're twice as pretty she tossed the crystal beaded slippers over to agnes for her inspection try them on she urged i want to see how you look in a few moments the shabby shoes and the old brown dress lay in a heap on the floor like a discarded chrysalis and agnes stepped out a dazzled butterfly in her gorgeous robes of rose and silver lloyd clasped her hands ecstatically oh agnes it's lovely and it's almost a perfect fit if miss sarah can just take it up a little on the shoulders and change the collar a tiny bit it will look as if it were made for you when your hair is powdered and you have this little bunch of plumes in it you'll be simply perfect it doesn't matter if the slippers do pinch a little they look so pretty you can stand a little thing like that for one evening lloyd walked around and around her till she had admired her to her heart's content and then led her away to show to mrs sherman you ought to carry your head that way all the time she said it's becoming to you to walk proud as old mummy easter used to say it was with the air of a duchess that agnes sailed into the drawing-room 
and with the feeling that at last she had come into her own on every side the dim old mirrors flashed back the reflection of the slender figure with its head proudly high she looked at it curiously scarcely recognizing the delicate high-bred features for her own there was color in her face for one thing the dull browns and grays which she wore for economy's sake were apt to make her look sallow but this wonderful rose-pink lent a glow to her cheeks and pleasure and expectancy brightened her eyes and left her a tingle with these new sensations you'll be the feature of the occasion mrs sherman assured her come up to lunch with us thursday we'll powder your hair and help you dress and take you down in the carriage with us tell your sisters that we'll see that you get home safely that night so to the other pleasures of the twenty-second was added the undreamed-of delight of being invited out to lunch and forgetting for a while there were such tiresome things in the world as sewing machines and endless ruffling for other people although she wore her old brown dress darned at the elbows and with her usual timidity scarcely ventured to remark at the table unless directly questioned she was all aglow with a new experience afterward it was easy to talk and laugh with lloyd as they went through the conservatory cutting the flowers which were to decorate the tables at the beeches hyacinths and lilies of the valley made a springtime of their own under the sheltering skylight agnes bent over them with a cry of delight they make you forget the calendar don't they she said looking shyly up at lloyd she wanted to add and so do you you make me forget that i'm ten years older than you it seems only pussy will of time by my feelings to-day but their friendship was too new as yet for such personal speeches as they went back to the drawing-room with a basket piled full of hothouse blooms mrs sherman called to lloyd that she needed her upstairs a few moments hastily excusing herself she left agnes with a new magazine for her entertainment when she came down later the magazine was lying uncut on the table and agnes seated in front of the piano was fingering the keys with light touches which made no sound they pressed the ivory so gently she started guiltily as lloyd came in i couldn't help it she stammered it drew me over here like a magnet it has been the dream of my life to know how to play but it is all such a mystery i've puzzled over the music in the hymn-book many a time the little notes flying up and down like birds through a fence and then watched miss allison's fingers on the organ keys going up and down the same way it is just as easy as reading the alphabet said lloyd i'll show you wait till i find my old music primer it is somewhere in this cabinet hastily turning over the exercise books and worn sheets of music that filled one of the lower shelves she dragged out an old dog-eared instruction book which she propped up on the rack in front of agnes here she said pointing to a note when one of those little birds as you call them perches on this place on the fence then you're to strike the a key on the piano if it lights on the line just above it 
then you strike the next key b see she ran her fingers lightly up the octavo and began again with a agnes leaned hungrily over the page reading the printed directions below each simple measure where the fingering was plainly marked oh i could learn to do it by studying this she cried her face all alight i'm sure i could i don't mean that i could ever learn to play as you do or miss allison but i could learn simple things and the accompaniments to old songs that marietta loves it would be almost as great a joy to her and sister sarah as it would to me for my learning to play has always been one of our favorite air castles if you could loan me this instruction book for a while she hesitated of course cried lloyd thrilled by the eagerness of the eyes which met hers i'll give you a lesson right now if you like i'll teach you a set of chords you can use for an accompaniment they are so easy you can learn them before you go home and you can surprise miss marietta by singing and playing for her they fit ever so many of the ballads turning the leaves of the instructor she found the simple chords of annie laurie and wrote beside each note the letters that would enable agnes to find them on the keyboard this isn't the right way to begin she said with a laugh but we'll take this short cut just to surprise miss marietta you can come back afterward and learn about time and all the other things that ought to come first i'll give you a lesson every week for a while if you like the eyes that met hers now were brimming with happy tears if i like agnes repeated with a tremulous catch of the voice as if i wouldn't jump at the chance to have the key to paradise put into my hands it's the happiest thing that ever happened to me with her heart as well as her whole attention given to the effort it was not long before agnes found her fingers falling naturally into place and she played the chords over and over humming the tune softly with a pleasure that was pathetic to lloyd oh i could keep on all day and all night exclaimed agnes when mrs sherman called to them that it was time to dress i've never been so happy in all my life you don't know what it means to me she cried turning a radiant face to lloyd's you've lifted me clear off the earth i wish i could run home before the reception begins and play this for marietta i want to see her face when i open the old piano lloyd followed her up the stairs wondering at the girl's uplifted mood she did not see how such a trifle could bring about such a transformation in any one's spirits not realizing that this bit of knowledge which agnes had picked up was to her a veritable key which would open the door she had longed for years to enter when agnes swept into the house at the beaches she was in such high spirits that people looked twice to be sure that they knew the radiant girl presiding so gaily over the fancy work table she's actually talking miss mcteel whispered to libby sims talking and laughing and making jokes like other girls somebody has surely worked a hoodoo charm on her 
but happiness was the only hoodoo and under its expanding influence she fairly bloomed that night lloyd hovering near her jubilant over the success of her popular cinderella beamed and dimpled with pleasure and stored away the many compliments she overheard to repeat to agnes next day once she darted into the butler's pantry where miss allison was slicing cake to announce in an excited whisper agnes has actually had three invitations to supper she's gone in now with mr john bond i must run back and take charge of the sales but i just had to tell you do peep in and see her there at the counter table eating ice cream and talking away as if she'd been used to such attentions all her life isn't it great now people can't shake their heads and say poor girl she's never had any attentions like other girls nobody takes an interest in her miss allison turned to give lloyd's cheek a playful pinch you dear little fairy godmother all cranford will take an interest in her now that she has blossomed out so unexpectedly even old mr wade who never says nice things about anyone asked me who our distinguished-looking guest was and when i told him agnes waring he fairly gasped and dropped his eyeglasses then he gave his usual contemptuous sniff that always makes me want to shake him and walked away saying who'd have thought it well well fine feathers certainly do make fine birds lloyd hurried back to her place behind the fancy work-table nearly every one was out in the room where supper was being served and except for an occasional question from someone who strolled by to ask the price of a laundry bag or a hemstitched centerpiece no one disturbed her to the music of mandolin guitar and piano played softly behind the palms in one corner she went on with her pleasing daydreams for agnes she would make other opportunities for her next week take her in town to a concert or a matinee she wished she could offer her clothes but she dared not take that step there would be the warring pride to reckon with if she did in the midst of this reverie agnes came up all a flutter saying shyly lloyd would you mind if i didn't go back in the carriage with you your mother wouldn't think it strange would she it was because i had no other way to get home that she invited me but mr bond has asked to take me home behind his new team he wants me to see what fine travellers his horses are of course mother wouldn't think it strange exclaimed lloyd especially if it is mr bond who wants to take you she and papa jack are so fond of him he wants me to join the choir agnes went on in a lower tone as a group of people crowded around the table mrs walton and mrs mallard and miss flora marks have asked me also i pinched myself black and blue this evening trying to make sure that i'm awake oh lloyd you'll never never know how i have enjoyed it all there was no time for further conversation then people were beginning to leave and were crowding around the table to claim the articles they had purchased earlier in the evening 
but it was not necessary for agnes to repeat that she was radiantly happy it showed in every word and laugh and gesture lloyd went home that night nearer to the castle of content than she had been for many weeks End of chapter fourteen read by Lars Rolander